How you doing, Gary? Well, I'm doing great, Ken. Yourself? I'm doing really great. It's good to hear. Yeah, holidays are coming up, and it's it's been a, it's been a long year, but you know it's been a great year. I know you've been having a lot going on, so I know you're looking forward to a little vacation, a little holiday <laughs> vacation, spend time with the family. Yes, and I I wish everybody out there great holidays, and hope you have an opportunity too to spend it with your family and friends, and and just give them also. Of course, the meeting of Christmas as well. So to give them a good look back at the year and be grateful yes. for everything that we have accomplished in, at the state level and also in your own homes. Yes, yes. So, so I know a lot has been going on this year. And if you can just talk a little bit about, um, just give people, um, I guess, the year in review, you know, what's been going on and, and uh, what can we look forward to in the new year? Okay, Ken, I really appreciate the opportunity. And um, it's, been, it's been quite an eventful year for myself. It's, um, I was appointed to this job back in January, my first year on the job, and um, I've got to know the department and the employees, and I've just been really impressed. I mean, coming from the UP and uh, farm doctor with my brothers, I've stepped aside now this full-time job here. Mm-hmm. But I l- learned there's a lot more to agriculture in the state of Michigan than making and selling hay in the Upper Peninsula. <laughs> It's just, we are such a diverse economic and agricultural state. We have over 300 commodities in Michigan, and one of the largest um, economic states in the country when it comes to agriculture. $104.7 billion ag adds to our economy every year in the state. So it's just really a big business here and diversified, and I'm just really happy and proud to have the opportunity to be part of it at this level. And we had had a, a, a lot happen this year. It's, um, we started out the year you know, with, with the weather. It was really, really tough for our producers. We had a excessive rain, one of the rainiest springs on record, and it just didn't dry up. It went into June, and we also had floods. We had hailstorms. Um, up in the UP where I live, we had excessive snow last winter. Um, a lot of areas, like where I live, we got over 300 inches of snow last year. So it made it very difficult for our producers. But um, farmers, being what they are, resilient, and like to take a challenge on. And, and I was yesterday or the day before, I was calling the different commodity groups to, to kind of get an idea of how it all ended up this year. And still a lot. It's not done yet. There's still crops out there that um, hopefully will be harvested. It's, it was a tough year, though. I mean, for almost all the commodities, there were a few bright spots, but very difficult year. And and um, and if you do, we really need to thank our farmers and be grateful that they're willing to to keep going um, as long as they can and tough it out. And always optimistic. Next year, always next year. Next year will be better. And I sure hope so. That the weather cooperates more for our producers. But some of the successes that we did have as a department and a state. Now we are able to have solar panels on PA116 land. PA116 is a state program to encourage preservation of farmland. But you can um, take a deferment from the, from the program if you get a contract with a solar panel company for the length of that contract. So it's, it's extra, it's a, it's a weekly or monthly income, something the farmer can depend on. It's sure nice having a regular check coming in and it also helped our younger people want to get into farming when they looked at how they're going to come up with the financing that you can show you got a regular check coming in every week. And when we look at our 
Older farmers who eventually would like to retire, same thing. They wouldn't have to sell the farm. They could sell a portion of it or just keep farming as a much smaller um, operation and also know that that panel check will be coming in the first of the month. And the, probably the number one benefit is what it's going to do to help our environment. It'll be one more step moving away from fossil fuels and all the carbon that they submit into the atmosphere. So really proud of that. And in Michigan, we um, put up a hemp program this year. It was the Farm Bureau that was passed last fall, allowed hemp now to be a commodity. And there's been a tremendous amount of interest. The department very quickly put together a program. We had it um, up and going by April. And we had um, almost 900 farmers and processors were licensed. And right now they have to make a report back to MDAR, which is due at the end of the year. They're already coming in. All kinds of um, information, and look like there's a lot of success stories out there. Different varieties did better, um, what type of fertilizer they use, pesticides, um, soil conditions, parts of the state. But we're complying all that information now. And we'll be putting together um, to comply with USDA rules that came out not too long ago. Our state law has to comply with theirs. We can do different things, of course, and, but, we also, but there's a core compliance, and we're working on that, and we hope to have that done through the legislators so that for the next hearing, when farmers start planning again, that we'll have the new rules in place for them. It's very important. We're going to continue, though, under our research project that we are in right now. Well, like I said, I've heard there's a lot of optimism mystic farmers right there that as other crops, uh, you know, it's tougher and tougher, the prices are going down, and, but this is something they can look to diversify in this hemp. So we're, we're excited here at the department, excited to work with our producers, and we see a bright future there. And so, um, some of the other accomplishments this year is our, with our meat program, it's our environmental stewardship for farmers voluntarily um, do best practices. And we, they work closely with our technicians. And when they do, when they reach those goals, then we, of course, we verify them as MEEP verified. And it's quite, a, quite an accomplishment. You see those signs all over the state of Michigan? This farm is MEEP verified. That means that farmer is stepping up and doing the right thing to protect our environment and use the best practices that we have available for them. And this year, we had our 5,000th verification this past summer which is a big milestone for us. It was, um, and we're continuing to move on and get more verifications. We're, and we're also we're um, looking at kind of stepping up the program. It's kind of like reached the plateau, we feel, and now we're gonna um, step it up and we're really working hard on the environmental issues across the state. And I, um, like with Lake Erie, the western part, the basin there, it's the algae blooms. We're working with the farmers down there, other practices, and that we can help reduce that. And the governor has made a commitment by the year 2025 to have a 40% reduction in phosphorus. It's gonna take um, a lot of education, um, but we're gonna step out and help our farmers make that adjustment. Anything that we can do, a lot of it's gonna be educational, of course, and working with our MEEP and our soil conservation districts and MSU and all, and all our stakeholders, we hope to have a real impact there in the department coming here. I don't think people realize how big, like talk about Michigan's diversity and what a unique and large agricultural state we are. Is in Michigan, we have one producer out here, is Hobrooks, that they um, supply the eggs to McDonald's east of the Mississippi. 
is 62.5 million dozen eggs a year come out of state, come from Michigan producers. And McDonald's, you know, they're, um, it's a very large restaurant, but they have to assure that their food is safe and nutritious and wholesome or because their reputation is on the line. Right. And that's one of the reasons that they get so much of the raw products from Michigan. Last year, McDonald's purchased one $131 million in raw products from Michigan. And that was, that was how we talked to them. Why? It's because Michigan has such a great reputation when it comes to food safety. And we're very proud of that, uh, moving forward there. In our lab, our Giggly Lab, which is, does our testing. And this year, they were the first and the only nationally accredited lab when it comes to octane testing. And um, a lot of people probably don't realize it's the Department of Ag that ensures that your petroleum is you know, clean, safe, but for petroleum, but also that you're getting what you're paying for. If you're a gallon of gasoline, you're truly getting a gallon, or what the octane level is, you are getting that level. And when it goes through our lab, we say we're the only one in the nation that is certified when it comes to state labs. So that's a great accomplishment for our department. And one of the other things we are doing, we talk about petroleum, is these skimmers. People um, going around, there's, and when you put your credit card in, one of the pumps out there, they have a way of retrieving your, your numbers, your card numbers. And so we're out there diligently inspecting. And we've, we have caught um, quite a few of these. I'm not have the numbers with me, but um, you can be assured that MDAR is doing anything we can do that that will not happen. And our, another accomplishment we had this year, we call them sampling teams, but what, what it really is, it's emergency preparedness. And we had eight of them across the state because so many of our employees actually work out of their homes, they're regulators, inspectors, but half of our staff is, does not work out of a, an office like here in Lansing. They work out of their homes or a, could be a dairy inspector up in the UP. Or, so we did these emergency preparedness tests. We sent them out um, on an exercise, like say there's a flood, and, what, and to look for um, any contamination or anything, because we have so many responsibilities when it comes to Let's say there was an emergency, a natural, natural emergency. Um, MDAR would be making sure that all the pesticides, fertilizer supplies are, are safe. Your restaurants, your food processors, your, um, your grocery stores. If you go right down the line. I mean, it's just like you're talking about petroleum, making sure that that's uh, a safe product. It's not being contaminated. Even things you don't even think about is like the animal shelters, we regulate them to make sure that they're prepared uh, to be able to take the additional pets that might be abandoned in some type of a disaster. But they, um, we had some pretty interesting things come up. One of our sampling teams um, sampled some pig ears. They found out they were contaminated with salmonella. And um, we reported that, reported it to um, USDA, and they initiated a national recall on this wow. brand of pig ears, uh, pig ears that were being imported from China. Wow. So that's just um, an example of just how this uh, exercise actually produced um, some pretty, in, pretty important um, results there. Because it's, it's not just your pet getting the pig, but when you handle that pig, pig ear, you are, you are contaminated with salmonella, which you could pass it on. So we're proud of that. And also, so things you don't take it, think about, they tested, um, we decorate cakes and stuff. There's 
call it luster and stuff. Mm -hmm. They found that some of that is highly contaminated with heavy metals. Wow, the luster and dust. So we, yeah. yeah, luster. So we, um, of course, with our first in MDARD, our policy is to educate before we regulate. But um, if, if after we educate you and you still are, are haven't conformed, then we then we will come in and regulate you and make sure that it doesn't happen again. That the gen, the public can be assured to to the highest ability that we can that your food is safe. And that those are. And that's just examples of what those sampling teams did do. But also, when there is a true disaster, that we'll be prepared, cross-trained, and ready to go. Another, um, this year we had to have several um, economic success stories too, or someone go back for a few years. But MDARD is, we do have an economic development division. And we also work with exports, exporting Michigan food. Because as we grow our our food supply here in this state, what we can do for the economic benefit of it is that we have to be able to export it because our population in Michigan, like the whole country, is pretty, pretty stagnant. It isn't growing, but um, all the food we can grow in this state, only about um, so little of it can actually be consumed here. So we have to look at the whole world as a market. We have an excellent exporting team, great success stories, some right here in the state. And they, and we will continue to work on, there's a big project just north of town here in St. John's, it's called Midwest Cheese. Um, it started a few years ago, the project, but right now it's working towards completion, I guess next October. But it, it'll be the second largest, like cheese, called a cheese plant in North America. It's with Glandia, they're an Irish company, and they partnered up with um, United uh, Dairy Farmers of America and Select Milk. And it's gonna be looking at using about 8 million pounds of milk daily. And be about 20% of the milk produced in Michigan will be going to this one facility. Which is, and also there's a, another company on the same site. It, it's, um, it takes the premate from milk. That's kind of like the proteins that are removed. And, and they're going to be manufacturing that right on site to sell the different dairies and that. That's going to be a big investment too. The, Glandia itself is about a $425 million investment, which will be creating 261 jobs. And the other planter will be an $85 million investment with providing about 30 new jobs. We, um, and just up the road a little bit further from Lansing here, there's Zeeland Farms are putting up that large soybean processing plant. They hope they're just going online and um, and that's going to be really large for Michigan. I really thank them. They're a Michigan company. They're located out of Zealand, and they've made this huge investment in Michigan, which they predict they'll be processing about half the soybeans in Michigan that are grown in Michigan. We go through this one plant. And um, that's going forward. And, and up north, you get a little bit further up I-75, you go by, it's called Arika is um, in Grayling. It's a large um, board plant. It's going to be the largest in North America, possibly the world. It's a Chilean, Chilean company that's making that investment too. Has 225 jobs, 450 million dollars. They're up and going, and um, Nemdard has been involved in that too. We we look at forest products as a commodity that's managed properly and creates a lot of jobs for the people in Michigan. And we have another. Um, it's called Mead Johnson, it's over in Zealand, and they're, um, 
They're investing $67.7 million to upgrade their Zealand manufacturing site um, to make um, infant formula. So that's a, that's a big two. That's, they're going to be exporting to the European Union and to South Asian markets. And they're creating an additional 39 jobs there. These are just some of the stories we've had, success stories. And some of these have been going on for a while, but they're finally coming into fruition. And we also, we invest in a lot of small upstart companies. We have a, a grant program, it's called our Ag Investment. And we're looking at a lot of startups in that that maybe create 10, 20 jobs, but they're buying ag products from our farmers, from our producers. They gotta have markets to stay in business. And also it creates the jobs there. It's, it's like the second secondary value added on. Because your farmer, he produces his crop and is processed and sold, and and we're really growing that industry. And and we're Department of Ag here, our economic development team, export teams, are really doing a phenomenal job. Because some of the priorities for for coming up next year, we have a task force together to um, look at housing, especially for our farm workers and also for our processors. When we we talk to our processors. And our farmers, what's one of your, what's one of your largest impediments? And almost always, it comes up labor. And then, what's the biggest problem there is housing. So we're um, looking at ways, working with our stakeholders, working with the individual communities, what we can do to alleviate this housing issue we have, because that's one of the things that's holding us back. So, pretty excited about that. We got a, we're getting a lot of support from um, other government. Michigan agencies, USDA, and also the like commodity groups themselves and the companies and the communities. So that we're really excited. Hopefully we can move forward on that. And then, and also I mentioned earlier about a climate change, different programs and not necessarily programs, more educational and, and stepping up their efforts there to actually be a resource farming to um, reduce climate change as much as we can do there, and that's we're going to be emphasizing that more at the department. Just a few of our priorities for next year, and and um, well, we do have some challenges too, of course, and like with this year with the crop disasters we were talking about, we're um, going to continue with. We I guess we learned some things too that what we can do more efficiently here as a department. We put up a a website so the farmers could go to one source, get all the information they would need from MDARD or from USDA programs that are available or, or anything else and uh, actually out there with, uh, with the commodity groups and that. And I think that was a success. We're going to grow upon that. And also we're looking at infrastructure. That's um, the governor. She, she tried and she's going to continue to try to to make sure that we have the infrastructure necessary to grow our ag sector. It's not just roads and bridges, which we know are all, which are crumbling and real disrepair. It's also like short line railroad, it's deep sea ports, it's um, wastewater, safe water. That's all part of infrastructure that in Michigan we've fallen, we are falling behind. And we need to make those investments. Those are some of the, I guess that's kind of an over, overview of this past year. and what we're looking forward to doing next year. Well, thank you so much, Gary, for taking the time to, to share all the information. I mean, it's been a great year. Just, despite some of the setbacks with weather and crop disaster and things like that, I mean, it's been a great year, like you said. Um, 
farmers, you know, the industry, you always find a way, you know, you always find a way. And so definitely looking forward to next year. Um, and, and thank you so much for your time. And I hope you enjoy your holidays and everyone out there listening. I hope you guys enjoy your holidays with your family. Um, anything else you want to add, Gary? I just want to um, same thing, wish everybody has a great holiday. And I hope next year and we're going into it, we'll be there pretty quickly. And I hope it's sure a, a great and prosperous year for all our farmers and all the and all the processors and everybody that's involved in this. We call egg, Michigan egg, but it is, it's just a, a, a wonderful business. Like any other way to describe it. And we hope more people look at egg, if, especially young people looking for a career. There are so many opportunities in agriculture. Please don't overlook it. It's, it's a growing industry and it's absolutely needed. It's going to, we're going to be around. Well, thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. Until next time, you have a happy holidays, and we'll see you next year. <laughs>